I quote my wife, D. Ryan, a lot. She likes to say, I love a story. And I agree, I do too. She loves stories so much, like five years ago, she created, well, co-created, Louder Than a Mom, a monthly storytelling series that's been going on here in Chicago. And I am finally getting to talk to her about it because I think during this quarantine, we need stories more than ever. Am I right, D. Ryan? Thank you for joining me on the podcast, D. Also, thank you for joining me here in our house during the quarantine. <laughs> oh my God, when are you going on the road again? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 727, Loud Storytelling Moms. In 2014, which is actually six years ago, not five years ago, as you'll hear us say more than once, my wife, Dee Ryan, along with her co-producer, Kate Hill, started Louder Than a Mom, a monthly storytelling show that showcases folks you don't usually see and hear from. It's always a great evening, and the good news, bad news of our current quarantine lockdown is that Louder Than a Mom is still continuing virtually, and you can see dozens of great storytellers at the Louder Than a Mom Facebook page and YouTube channel. But for right now, enjoy this conversation that Dee and I had just this morning about how Louder Than a Mom came to be. Hopefully I'll be going on the road very soon. Um, uh, and then we can get back to our normal life of not living together quite so much. Oh my God. Um, what, uh, what made you decide to create Louder Than a Mom? Um, let's see. Well... I'm sure your listeners know that um, I have been involved in the improv community for many, many years, and uh, it gets harder to be an improviser as you get older, although I do think there's a whole generation, my generation, who are still improvising all the way through <laughs> until they die, be dragged out of freeze tag, <laughs> dead. Um, so, um, you know, I went out to lunch with friends when I came back here to Chicago and we were just chatting about the fact that there are so many women performers, um, who have no venue and who have plenty of life stories. So we thought, why don't we do a storytelling show that for the most part is women's a woman's perspective. Um, there's a lot of stories like the moth here, which will tell you is very um, you know mixed, but for the most part it's a lot of guys and one woman. Mm -hmm. um, so we are counter programming with a show that is mostly women and and sometimes a guy. Yeah, it's not exclusively women. It's not exclusively moms. Um, yeah, people get confused by that. Yeah. Um, no, it is, it's just always going to be a more feminist yeah. storytelling show. Yeah, uh, but yeah by and large, it's, it, 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 the stories are told by people you don't generally get to see or hear from. Well, I think it's really interesting because we started, you said five years ago, but the, 
yeah, I guess this is our sixth year. Um, it feels longer. And <laughs> since we started, there's a lot more women-run storytelling shows. So in a way, uh, we created uh, our own a competition. Right. You are Mary Shelley. You have created several monsters. Yeah. Yeah. So it's my fault. Um, <laughs> but you know, we, we're really proud of what we do. We are bummed that we're home, but we've translated it to a virtual show and we go live on Facebook because we want to share it with as many people as we can. That's been great because now we can have storytellers from all over the place. Yeah. And that's really exciting because we've expanded our stories. Um, I love that. And um, it's just, honestly, it makes me really happy whenever I do it because it's great to hear people's stories. And we've also made some storyteller discoveries. For instance, Maria Morris came to us the first time she told a story with us. The stories are supposed to be seven to 10 minutes. Maria did like a one person show. <laughs> she just had like so much to say when she got off stage. We were all like, wow, that was incredible. But you went way over the time limit. Yeah. Um, and now Maria has gone out and she's won the Moth Grand Slam like two to three, four times. She's become this major storyteller here in Chicago, and we're so proud of her. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and 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 uh, I love going. To, I mean, when I'm in town, I always would go with you <clears throat> down to, to down to Martyrs, a great. Um, oh, I know, such a great bar. Oh, I miss it so much. It's such a great <laughs> bar and venue. Six nights of the week, it's um, uh, it's a rock and roll venue, but it's got a, and it's got a fantastic bar. It's got a little stage, and it fills. I don't know, 150 people. I, I don't sure, know yeah. I mean, are. I think ultimately you could fit yeah. if you shove 300 people in. We don't get that many people. There have been times on the, some of the holiday yeah. shows, for um, sure. But it's also, even when we don't get, uh, you know, 150 people, it's still always, it's a warm space. It yeah. always feels full. It has a great energy. Gosh, we miss it so much. It's so fun to have drinks and go yeah. out there. And people in Chicago go out. They, you know, I'm, in February, it's like minus 20, and I get on my boots and think no one's going to be there, and then 50 people show up yeah. because people are just like, I got to get out of the house. Um, so... We do that, um, and it's been so great. And another thing is our show, when we started it, because I'm an improviser, it's very loosey-goosey. One of the mandates of our show is that we always have new storytellers. We don't want to be like other shows where we have all these professional storytellers who tell the same story in every venue in Chicago. We want new storytellers, and there's something so exciting about seeing someone get up on stage with a super supportive audience and tell that story that they have that they've maybe told once or twice around the dinner table and see how people are moved by it. It's awesome. It is awesome. And 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 even some of the stories that, that you know, you and I are both professional storytellers, so we feel like we've heard 
lot of stories, but you sit there in the bar and you go, oh, I know where this story is going, a story of a first date or a story of a parent's loss, a loss of a parent or, 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 or something. But you have so many storytellers that you don't normally see. Like you have a sizable contingent of trans women storytellers. Yeah, which is and great. We're so proud of our community um, that we have this fabulous group of trans storytellers and their stories are um, are becoming stories yeah. and they yes. are um, and they're incredibly moving and we're so proud of them and they're all first time storytellers and they tend to be it, just, it makes you cry and it makes you laugh it's that's, so great that's the thing I was going to say I don't do you do you coach the storytellers at all? Because I I'm amazed at how many of your how many of the stories beautifully thread that ne- needle of being funny and moving. Or is that something that you advise your storytellers to do, or is that just how people inherently tell stories? Um, no, we I'm incredibly hands off, and I think people get really nervous about that. I don't. We don't pre read. Um, oh, so I, you don't know what people are going to tell. No, you don't read I their ask, stories before. I ask them for a, uh, just a little brief, you know, information about it. But I really, I mean, again, coming from my improv background, I just really want people to bring to the table what they have. I don't want them to feel judged. I mean, I know myself when people ask you to read, you know, they have send your story in to have them read that I, I feel like there's a judgment being passed and that it's a competition. And to me, I'm not a big fan of the moth because it has this fake competition thing in it. And there, people are telling great stories and that's awesome. And it's a great event and lots of people go out for it, but the whole fake, like who has the best story? I just, I don't think art is competitive. Rachel Dratch, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale everywhere worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Now back to my conversation with Dee Ryan, talking about how her monthly storytelling show, Louder Than a Mom, has evolved over the years. The interesting thing is when we started, we just wanted to create a space where women could come and tell us stories. Um, And then that changed. Then Trump was elected. (laughs) Then we all were super fired up. So then we pivoted and then we started going out to marches together. So then we, as a group, became more political. We've uh, had fundraising shows. We try to be more inclusive. We've tried to reach out and find storytellers who are younger, who are older, who are trans, who have different stories to tell. And so it's so fabulous to have those stories be told and then to see the audience talking about them afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. And you get uh, 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 you also have created this community of not only storytellers but 
um, audience members who come all the time and you don't know, but they're here because they they came to see some stories and start coming every week, whether they know one of the storytellers or not. Yeah, I mean, I know, and I really miss everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the guy at the bar who yeah. you're just like, I know you. Um, and then sometimes he ends up finally uh, saying, I have a story to tell. Yes, um, yes. And I cannot remember his name, but um, he, oh, gosh, he's he's so great. He's this really shy, mm-hmm. nerdy guy, and mm-hmm. he worked for the State Department. Wow. And he has these incredibly funny stories yeah. about being an awkward State Department worker yeah. in Germany and having to buy laxative or something. I, I mean, <laughs> just... But you would never, you never would have thought that that would be the story that he would tell, and and we're all just floored. There is a generous aspect to to louder than a mom that I love. This this idea that wait, I do have a story, but I'm too shy to give it. But I'm getting the confidence to share it, and the story that they share becomes a gift to the the community. Yeah, and I yeah, gosh, this is just making me so. Uh, You're you're, you're pivoting uh, and doing the stories online. It's wonderful, but it's not the same. No, it's not. But it is it is still great. And the story that I tell is, first of all, I'm running it and I'm not a techie and I'm not (laughs) someone who should be running anything anyway. I am a person who should be on stage. Um, But now I am learning all kinds of new skills and new things about the platform. Um, But the first time we did a show, I accidentally, I couldn't find a storyteller. Their computer was under a different name than the storyteller's name. (laughs) And so we were turning on people's uh, video camera and it was there, and it was not the storyteller, but it was the storyteller's family. And when we turned on their cameras, there are people in their homes, sitting in their beds, listening. And it was, I was very moved by it. <laughs> moved in a different way. Yeah. I just, it was, it was like, oh, we're actually, <laughs> I, you know, there is. You're making me feel like Barbara Walters here. I'm making you cry. Um, just the. In the quarantine, no, I can't say it crying. It's funny. I mean, you know, just in the quarantine, we really need to connect. And it was an awesome reminder to me that you don't have to be in at Martyrs to make a difference. Tonight, 8 p.m. Central Time on November 16th, 2020, you can catch the November 2020 edition of Louder Than a Mom, hosted by D. Ryan, Aaron McAvoy Mason, and Kate Hill on Facebook at facebook.com slash louder than a mom. Or if you missed tonight's show, you can subscribe to Louder Than a Mom's YouTube channel and watch dozens, possibly over a hundred great storytellers right now. Send us your story via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Louder Than a Mom on Twitter too at Louder Than a Mom. Thanks, as always, to Great Storyteller 2, Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Cindy Ulrey. No reason, it's just random. Uh, 
Special thanks to another of my favorite funny brunettes, Rachel Dratch, who will be my guest on next week's special 14th anniversary episode of the RSE podcast. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 727-2081sts of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I'm just super glad um, you didn't turn on Jeffrey Tubin's camera when he was watching Louder Than Mom. <laughs> I, we did actually have some guy. Call, no, we had no. It, it just in our first shows we didn't turn off the audio, like yeah. everyone's audio. Yeah. And some guy was like yelling at his dog, but he was sitting on a chair with his hands between his legs. I mean, it just he just popped up in the middle of somebody's story, and you're just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Uh, so I don't think he was doing anything, but we didn't want to stay there and see what was going on. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.